Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Monday, February 19th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's get you a gas check really quick. You're paying an average of $3.28 a gallon for gas today, up 16 cents from last week. And that is one cent above the national average. The cheapest gas in the state right now is in Goshen with uh, a price tag of $2.79 a gallon. So obviously two things when we talk about gas prices at play here. Number one, again, broken record, but we do so little to tap into the incredible natural resources that we are have been blessed by by god in this country in order to create energy independence to create a more stable market um and so we have really no one to blame but ourselves and by ourselves of course obviously the politicians and we put them there uh for not doing that i'd also like to point out how much cheaper gasoline was under trump Mm -hmm. than it was under biden Mm -hmm. and uh The other thing that people need to remember is that a huge portion of the price you pay at the pump in the state of Indiana is because of one of the highest gas taxes in the entire country enacted uh, every year, raised every year, I should say, by the Republicans. And every single year since 2017, that gas tax has gone up and will continue to go up for the next several years. 16 cents from last week. That's a a big jump. So huge difference. Think about about if you're... uh, even if you drive a small economic car, let's say you have a 10-gallon tank. I realize there are a lot of 10-gallon tanks out there, but let's just let's just say it's a 12-gallon tank. How about that, Casey? <laughs> so let's say if it's 16 cents, mm-hmm. you know, so you got 12 times uh, $1.92. Yeah. So every time you fill up, it's just $1.92 out of your pocket. You're not getting better gas. You're not getting better fuel efficiency. It's just a dollar ninety-two that goes out of your out of your pocket, and again, it's easy to look at Biden and go, "Well, thanks for nothing," you know. It's like, oh, Biden, the energy, but a big portion of it are the taxes right. that are enacted by the Indiana Republican Party that go up every single year, and they just renewed those taxes. It was the largest tax increase in state history. Which again, and we talked about this Tony Kennett last hour. I remain amazed. That no one is calling out Mike Braun on voting for that gas tax. Mm-hmm. I've not seen a single ad in print or on radio or on television or on anything. The guy voted for 40-plus tax increases uh, in 2017, the final budget year he was in the General Assembly. And nobody has said a single solitary word about this. Yeah, if you're running against him, you're welcome. <laughs> Use what? that. But it tells you how actually for that many of these people are. That in the case of Doden and Crouch, they've been running for a y- over a year now in, in some cases, and they haven't said a word about it. Uh, and then obviously you've got Chambers who's joined at the hip with Holcomb, so he's not going to say a word about it. So I guess the only two who could are Curtis and, and Rittenauer. But 
Nobody said a word. Mm -hmm. the, a Republican state and the front runner voted for the largest tax increase in state history, and not one of the candidates is using their resources to call him out on that. Okay, let's talk about this GoFundMe page. It is a uh, it has a goal of raising three hundred fifty five million dollars. It's uh, for Donald Trump. Of course, he's been ordered to pay penalties of three hundred fifty five million dollars in this civil fraud case. And a GoFundMe page was launched on Saturday night. So far, they've raised. $185,000 from about 4,000 donors. Um, I'd have a hard time giving <laughs> Donald Trump my money, wouldn't you? They have a little ways to go. I'm not saying that Donald Trump is not a complete victim here. He totally 100% is. However, mm -hmm. I think I've contributed enough to the government over the years or governmental people. And so I wouldn't you have a really hard time going, here's money for Donald Trump? Well, I mean, he's still a billionaire. So it, while this, if it... Like he's never going to pay it, right. but if he were to, uh, it, it would about have his net worth. Well, so when you include that and also the eighty-three million that he's supposed to pay Eugene Carroll, and then the five million last year he's supposed to pay her. But the, this is the message. The message has been sent to people. It's about a lot more than Trump, and I think that's what people are catching on to. It's about a lot more than just trying to punish Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump, and and the the they the the cabal is willing to weaponize the justice system or whatever in order to take him out. But it's about more than that. It's about not wanting other people, other outsiders, other people that are beyond the control of the establishment, the cabal, whatever you want to call them from being involved in engaging in the process. Mm -hmm. And that is a message to people hearing our voices right now. If you dare wade into this, you see what can happen to this guy. Think about what can happen to you. Uh, here's Eric Trump. He's not happy about the $355 million fine. To a city, my father built the skyline of New York City. And this is the thanks he gets? Uh, you okay, time out. Yeah. His father did not build the skyline well. of New York City. Every time I hear that, that's hyper offensive to like the dudes who were up on cranes, mm -hmm. you know, 80 stories in the air actually building the skyline of New York City. And every building in New York, nor even close to it, was built by Donald Trump. Was Donald Trump a successful businessman? Yes. Was he running a soup kitchen? No. Did he use that money to become a bil a billionaire? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I don't I don't cry for Donald Trump because he built the skyline of New York City. However, I would say everybody needs to wake up because this is about sending a message to out people outside the you know kind of the establishment who they don't believe they control can control, and it's sending a message to those people. Just a bit of an exaggeration there from Eric Trump, but speaking of outsiders and challenges, how about these six challenges to the U.S. Senate hopeful John Rust? And, you know, after the ruling came down on Friday from the Indiana Supreme Court, which stayed the lower court ruling, now you've got six people challenging, uh, claiming that he doesn't meet the state's two-primary rule, which is just more for him to battle against now. Okay, so this is interesting because apparently there was also a challenge to Jim Banks and the signatures. Mm -hmm. And here's what I would say about all of this is, do we really want to be a state that makes it this difficult to run for public office? Is that really what you want your state to be? Because whether the challenge to banks is upheld or not, it relates to signatures in the 7th District and forms not being filled out properly. You know, the people who have filed the complaint have alleged, I don't want Jim Banks disqualified. 
all the all the problems I have with how Jim Banks has voted the past year, I don't want him disqualified the same way as I don't want John Russ disqualified. I want as many people to engage in the political process as possible. And this is ridiculous that we are now a state where it's, you know, it, it, it is becoming just people trying to have gotcha moments you know, whether it's, hey, you didn't vote in two primaries or you didn't check this this form properly. Shouldn't we want as many people to get involved? And by the way, the Republican Party in this state is telling you what they think of you. They're telling you through this challenge of John Rust. Take John Rust's name off the off the list. And and, and by the way, Rust is going to be here tomorrow mm-hmm. to talk about the latest and what's going on. He said he's going to take it to the Supreme Court. We'll see yep. what happens. I have never cheered for Russ to be on the ballot because I think John Russ would be a great senator. Not sure if I'd vote for him. Not sure what I would do in that race. May not have to make up my mind on that. But I cheered for Russ to get on the ballot because I want more people. I want more of my neighbors. I want more outsider people to be encouraged to be a part of the political process. And the fact that the Republican Party is all in on keeping you from running, it shows that everything they say about their party being a big tent that's a lie. Right. They want your money. They w- exactly. They want your votes, mm-hmm. but they don't want you to actually have a say in how the state is is governed. And I would say whether it's Jim Banks being challenged or John Rust being challenged, what sort of state do we want to be? And do we really want to be a state that prides itself on finding ticky-tack ways to keep otherwise good, decent, law-abiding citizens from running for public office. I think it's really interesting. John Russ said that he's absolutely going to keep going. He's doing this for the 81%, David versus Goliath. He said he's now dedicating his life to making sure that Hoosiers have the right to run for office. Okay, yeah, and Russ will be here tomorrow. And look, again, I've said we're cheering for him to get on the ballot because we want more people to be able to run, and we think Mm -hmm. that law. By the way, I'm still going to be fascinated if indeed the court this is what's crazy about the Supreme Court's ruling on Rust. They didn't rule f- against him. They simply said the stay that we previously declined to enact is now in effect. So theoretically, there's a world where Rust spent all this money to help everyone else, and and the, and can't and, run and the law is struck down, and mm-hmm. he can't run. He can't run himself, and and so look, I just I look at this thing with with Rust, and and the problem with Rust is he's a somewhat, and this is a big part oftentimes of proceedings he's a somewhat unsympathetic character because he is very very wealthy he does have a history of voting for democrats but so does mike braun Mm -hmm. this is the other thing i cannot square is how the republican party cheerleaded cheerled cheerleaded cheerled cheerled they were cheering for were cheering for mike braun to be a united (laughs) states senator no one challenged his candidacy after his lengthy democrat voting primary voting record and now he's the front runner to become governor. Mm-hmm. And yet John Rust did the exact same thing. And every article I read about him from these conservative or Republican publications is, well, he's a he's got a Democrat voting record. So do a lot of people, because in many parts of the state, there are no Republicans to vote for in a primary. If you want to vote for your sheriff or your city council, the same and the same is true with the Republicans. Here is remember in 20, 2008. Remember 2008 when the Operation Chaos thing was going on when when Rush Limbaugh got all the Republicans to flip over and vote for Hillary Clinton in these in these later states to try to keep the thing going against Obama. Mm-hmm. And the Republican Party here, I remember this at the time, like main figures, high-ranking figures in the Republican Party were just laughing about this and how great this was. If you did that today, 
if you participated, if a new, now there'll never be another rush, but if a new broadcaster was able to get another Operation Chaos going, and you were to be a part of that to try to believe you, you were helping your country or whatever, you would then be ineligible for at least two years, probably three or four, to run as a Republican. Right. So, no, so something that just... 15 years ago, everybody thought was the greatest thing ever, would now make you ineligible. This right. whole thing we is stupid. You. The whole thing is stupid. If you're a law-abiding citizen and you're a tax-paying citizen and you want to run for office for elections that you're forced to fund, whether you are John Rust or mm -hmm. you're Jim Banks mm -hmm. or you're whoever, you should be able to do that. You know what? That's a really interesting point that you just said there, that you're forced to fund. Right. Something we haven't really tapped into that much. Right. If if the Republicans wanted to run their elections like the libertarians do and say, hey, we're doing everything at convention and it's a closed door club and you ain't invited. Great. I'm done here. Mm -hmm. Stop making me pay for it, though. Right. Stop making John Rust pay for it. Stop making these other people like Danny Niederberger the year before who tried to run for U.S. Senate and didn't get the signatures. Stop making people pay because you're too inept to run your elections without threat of taking people's money by force through taxation. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up, Rob with some good news. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> oh, those Bidenomics. That's Tired of hearing Rob talk about all the bad news? Time to find your happy place. Turn that frown upside down. It's time for Shining <laughs> Rainbows <laughs> with Rob. <laughs> Thankfully, there's a website where all the good news is. Mm -hmm. It's literally called the Good News Network. They contain it all in one spot. They make it easy for you. Because we said this before, when you go through the usual websites where we get our show material it's from. It's not so good. It's basically impossible. I've tried yeah. on multiple occasions. Yeah. Uh, so much so that many times, instead of not as not good, it's it's awful and bad yeah. and makes you not want to look at it. I So the, they ha Good News Network, by the way, is where I get a lot of these stories. Goodnewsnetwork.org is the website if you'd like to see some of the stories they have over there for yourself. So this story, I, I just love this uh, headline. At 96, he may be Britain's oldest worker, mm -hmm. and he has no plans to retire. That doesn't sound like good news to me, though. It is, though, because so much of, like, when you look at it in life, mm -hmm. so much of a long, people who live long, healthy lives, much of what and I think enables that to happen is a reason to keep going. And you see this so many times where people will live, you know, they were married for 70 years, and then, you know, within a month of one passing away, the other one passes away because you need something to compel you to get up, something to look forward to, something to, you know, kind of face the day each day, you know, and hopefully it's a variety of things. Hopefully your family's a part of it and hopefully your work is a part of it. And I'm not saying that people at 96 years old should be in the ditches, you mm -hmm. know, in the in the trenches, but it is cool. This guy, so he's from Britain. Bill Parton is his name, and he is 96 years old, and he has now been working mm -hmm. since 1942. Yeah, he was he was a, he was a plumber's apprentice in 1942 during the Second World War, 
and he built an incredible company for himself. He has since turned the company over to the kids, but he still works 40 hours a week and until last year was going six days a week. Six days a week. He would go in all the time. Uh, He said he also credits his uh, late wife and their 60-year marriage for keeping him going as well. But you're right. You hear stories about people who work and as soon as they retire, something bad happens. You know, and what's interesting is how much obviously he started this company. He's passed it on to his kids. He Mm -hmm. loves, you know, doing it. I have been blessed throughout most of my adult life of working the job I wanted to work. And I made the decision at a very young age, money is not the most important thing to me. <laughs> I'm very good. That's good. With, well, I'm very good with <laughs> the money that I make. So I, you know, I'll be, I'll be fine as long as, you know, I, I'm responsible enough that, you know, as long as I have good health, et cetera, that I'll be, I don't need to make a bunch of money in order to, to have a good, a good life. But there was a two year window of my life where I worked a job I didn't like. And that was when I worked for the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I will say with pretty strong confidence, though I, those were probably the two most unhappy years of my life because every day I woke up and said, I got to go to work. Mm. Probably mine too, because he called every day <laughs> complaining about it. Did he? I can't believe what Mike Pitts did today. <laughs> he vented to you all the time. Uh, every day, Casey. Well, now he vents to, uh, you know, Indiana. Well, I mean, th- that that government center was such a death trap that we always used to joke how all the plants are dead there. Even the plants know what a <laughs> what a what just a death trap this place is. But I, I, I think about this guy and how long he's lived. And a big part of that is probably that he enjoys waking up mm-hmm. every single day and your work is not your work. It's why when I decided to get a second job after after we found out we were going to have Olivia, it's like I told my wife, I said, I, there were other jobs that paid more, mm-hmm. but I said, I can't go to a second job that I dread going to. I got to go somewhere where I enjoy doing the, the thing. And, and I, so I just think to people in, in your life, you can't take the money with you, but you, you the memories and the joy you have of getting up and doing something each day, that's worth way more than any amount of money. And I think guys like this are proof of that because he has a motivation each day to get up. It's his kids. It's his grandkids that work there. It's the the company that he started. He loves being a part of it. Yeah, I'm sure he loves seeing his family when he goes in. But he said that he took uh, one week off, and that was when he broke a hip. Yeah, yes, he's never – he has never taken more than one week off Uh in – so 42, 80, that's 82. Is that right? 82 years he's been, he's been working. He, 82 years. He's never taken more than a week off work. That's incredible. It is amazing, isn't yeah. it? So good on him. I love this. Yeah, I just love exactly. this story of this guy, and I think it's just great. So today is President's Day, and there was a new ranking that came out, and it uh, ranks all of the different presidents, and you would be shocked to hear who ranked where. So Lincoln came in at number one. Yeah, that would that's probably a no-brainer. And then rounding out the top five was uh, FDR, George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, and then Thomas Jefferson at number five. That's interesting. Okay, so so the top the rest of the top five was what 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 was the rest of the top five again? FDR, George Washington was number three, Theodore Roosevelt was number four, and Thomas Jefferson was number five. Okay, so this is not. Why don't we take a break? Because I'd like to get into this. I'm going to need more time than we've got left here in this segment. Okay. Because I think the bottom ranking is even more okay. surprising yeah, than got, the top we ranking. We need to get into this, and I'm going to need more than the minute or so we got left. So why don't we take a break, have the news, and then we'll deal with this when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
Greetings, you greatest listeners in all the world. It is Rob for my friends at the Bath Authority. And man, do we love the Bath Authority because whether it's a walk-in tub, replacement shower, tub-to-shower conversions, and more, the Bath Authority does it all. If your bath or shower is old, outdated, has mold and mildew, or broken tiles, you got to call my friends at the Bath Authority. And boy, do they have an incredible deal going on right now. Now, schedule your free in-home estimate today, totally free, and you get $1,000, didn't stutter, $1,000 off a new shower or bath, plus 36 months of interest-free financing. I don't even know how that's a thing, but it is. Schedule that free in-home estimate today with the Bath Authority. You get $1,000 off a new shower or bath, plus 36 months of interest-free financing. TheBathAuthority.com. That's where you find them. TheBathAuthority.com. TheBathAuthority.com. Tell them Rob sent you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and a new presidential ranking has come out. This is done by the Presidential Greatness Project. (laughs) Well, sure it is. So what they do is they ask 154 people to rank presidents Uh and they do it on a scale of zero to 100, zero being a failure, 50 being average and 100 being great. And then They rank all the presidents, and we've got the list of the top, and we've got the list of the bottom, and where do some of our current presidential people fall? Isn't it wild how FDR is always in this, like, top two or three? And yes, he was a very good wartime president in the sense of doing what was necessary to defeat the Nazis. So Mm -hmm. slam dunk, A+, you know, good job on that. But his domestic was a disaster. I mean, people, the, the, the story has obviously been rewritten now that FDR becomes president and the Great Depression just magically goes away. No, it didn't. The country was a cesspool until we got into World War II. And World War II, which was something like nine years, nine-ish years after he won election, the country was just in shambles. And yet that never gets mentioned or never gets brought up. He had all these social policies that didn't work. All they've done was just ex- Today, I mean, we're paying for them big time now, you know, in terms of these these entitlement programs that are bankrupting this country. And yet he is always right up there mm-hmm. as one of the you know second, third, fourth. He's always right there. And he's whatever he is, third on this list. Isn't he's he? actually he's second on the list. Oh, so they've got they've got Lincoln is number one, FDR, number two, Washington at number three. Theodore Roosevelt at number four, and then Thomas Jefferson at number five. Lincoln's the other one that blows my mind because, yes, Lincoln was a wartime president. Yes, Lincoln oversaw the winning of the Civil War, very important. But Lincoln did all sorts of things that were just completely unconstitutional and completely egregious, jailing journalists, shutting down newspapers, all the things they accused Trump of wanting to do or trying Mm -hmm. to do, Lincoln actually did them, and he is still remembered as the, and oftentimes in these polls, the greatest American president of all time. That is the other thing that just absolutely blows my mind. The revisionist history on these presidents 
where we are just incapable of going, yeah, they really screwed that up. That was really bad. Well, you got to wonder, though, if Lincoln had not been assassinated, what would Reconstruction have looked like? And the, you know, it wouldn't have taken 100 years. I disagree with you wholeheartedly on that because Do I you? think that, well, I think the people who, I think the, there were many people, look, you can't change the hearts of the people who were involved. And the reality of the the challenges that were faced, it wouldn't have mattered who the president was. It was a hearts and minds issue, and it largely took a hundred years. I mean, in some cases more, depending on what part of the country you were in, for those things to be to be overcome. I just, how is Reagan not on the list? How is Ronald Reagan not considered one of the five greatest presidents mm -hmm. of all time? Well, it depends. If you ask someone who leans conservative or Republican, yes, he does rank higher on the list but if you ask someone on the democrat side yeah, not I, so much I was, I was saying okay like look at the the definition of a presidency to me is the country mm -hmm. you inherited versus the country you left and if that is the standard by which we're and the things you did upholding the constitution reverence of our laws and liberties etc how could you look at the condition of the country in november of 1980 or whatever you want to say january of 81 when reagan took office and the condition of the country in January of 1989 when he left, mm -hmm. it's not even close. Take away the fact that he, he essentially won the Cold War. Now, obviously, it, it took a couple of years for the Berlin Wall to fall, et cetera. But it was the Reagan presidency, especially, say, 1987 to 1989, and the things that took place there, that won the— How could Reagan—how could Teddy Roosevelt have been viewed as a greater president— Let's let's just say we're going to give great reverence to wartime accomplishments and we're going to ignore domestic catastrophes like with Lincoln and Roosevelt. How could you if war, if being a, if if commander in chief is one of the primary ways in which we judge our presidency, how could you not look at Reagan's accomplishments and go darn skippy he's mm -hmm. a top 3 Casey? Well, okay, I for that matter I don't know why they don't put someone like James K Polk higher. Because without him, you would not have from sea to shining sea. We would not be a continent like we are. Well, and again, obviously, Washington did this pre-presidency. But you don't even have a country without George Washington leading the Continental Army. And he, why is he not number one? Well, it's pretty hard for the founder, the you know, kind of the founding father of the country. Look, it gets into semantics. I'm just always, I always chuckle at the Lincoln Roosevelt. So, let's talk about Roosevelt putting the Japanese in internment camps, Casey. Yeah. That's true. And that people was just, ig just ignore all this stuff. With Lincoln and Roosevelt are the two, unlike any anybody else, that that the stuff that if it happened today, they'd be racist and whatever else. This ist and that phobe and mm -hmm. everything else just get ignored. Where is Reagan on that list, by the way? Do you that's see what, him? That's what I'm trying to find it. Um, I can tell you who's on the bottom. Are you ready for this? Okay. Trump is in last place on this survey. <laughs> of course he is. Of course uh, he is. Yeah. Trump is the worst being president. ranked worse than James Buchanan, uh -huh. Andrew Johnson, Carter. Franklin Pierce, and William Henry Harrison. Oh, Carter's not even on the bottom. Oh yeah, that tells you all you need to know about this list. That Carter mm -hmm. is not even on the bottom. Mm -hmm. The bottom five. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is, and it's 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 going to be even more laughable here. Uh, okay, they've got Reagan at sixteen. <laughs> That's where he is. So here, here we go. This is this is the overall ranking for Obama uh -huh. at seventh. Oh yeah, he's, Obama's the seventh greatest president of all time. Clinton at twelve. Uh huh. 
Reagan at 16. Uh-huh. Uh, Bush, although I don't see which Bush. They don't They don't mark it. It just says Bush. I'm going to guess W. Uh, they've got him at 32. But are you ready for this? Hold on to the steering wheel, kids. Uh-huh. Biden at 14. Biden's the 14th greatest president of all time. 14th greatest. Well, there's just so much validity in this list, Casey. <laughs> I, I'm glad you didn't tell me that, so I spent all that time trying to justify how people might have been thinking. Woo! Happy President's Day. Um, uh, that's uh, that's some list you got there. Uh, okay, so uh, what, what do you want to talk about now? Do you want to talk about how Stephen Colbert forgot that comedy is supposed to be funny? Did you did you see his rant over the weekend? I saw this, Casey, though. I was hoping you wouldn't subject me to this, but it appears you've already opened that. The trap door has been opened, so I'll just uh, fall down with the rest of the audience. Go ahead. Well, you know, we've got a before and after. All right, so we've got audio from him from eight years ago, and he's sitting there with Donald Trump. This is number 12. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I also want to uh, apologize to you because I've said a few things about you over the years that that are, uh, you know, in polite company, perhaps are unforgivable. Almost. Almost unforgivable. And some nice things. Uh, and some nice things. Not too much. But anyway, I hope, I hope you'll accept my apology. Okay, so that was eight years ago. Right. And here he is completely angry over the weekend. I know. I know how numb we've become, but it's not normal. No other candidate for the presidency has ever had to pause his campaign to defend himself in multiple courts. And I would like to point out that in all seven of his cases, no one, no one doubts that he did these things. We're just sitting around patiently waiting to find out if the wheels of justice will grind fast enough for there to be any consequences. And the media is covering it like it's any other political story, like it's all horse race. There's a lot of people who are doubting that he did it. Well, right, but not in the group that he hangs out mm-hmm. with. And this is this is the thing with comedy now. It's so much of it's why Dave Chappelle is so popular, because Dave Chappelle just takes on everyone. And he just doesn't care. And it's sort of the way comedy used to be. And he says things that anger conservatives. And he says things that anger liberals. And that's why when he goes to Gainbridge Fieldhouse, the tickets are a gajillion dollars. Because people people know all these people deserve to be roasted. There's not... I, was it Stewart that we played the clip of mm-hmm. last week saying, if you're expecting, regardless of how this election goes, that your guy is going to save America or make America a better place, you're going to be sorely disappointed. All of these people. And that's what comedy is. It's pointing out the obvious and making it entertaining and it's obvious all of these politicians they're all ridiculous and yet you have people like this or jimmy kemmel mm-hmm. who are just or olberman who, i don't even know if you count Olberman. he's not a comedian but i mean it, it, these entertainers who just are so wed to a side that it's like why would any person other than the just staunchest of believer in your side watch it yes why would anybody consume that yeah yeah uh okay so uh also chicken nuggets baja blast gelato and more items coming to the taco bell menu this year chicken nuggets at a taco bell nuggies coming to taco bell yes now uh, i've got a theory on this this is not mexican food but i think it is for the children in the car mom and dad want to go to taco Taco Bell, but uh, Junior doesn't want 
Taco Bell, so they want nuggies. Now, the Baja Blast has been there before. It is, but it's gelato. It's not even it's ice. Gelato. Oh it's, oh, it's Baja Blast gelato. Oh, I thought those were separate mm-hmm. things. They're, yeah. It's one thing. Yeah. It's a Baja Blast gelato. Yeah, new dessert item coming to the menu. Do they still have the Baja Blast because they had it and then oh, it's still there? Because that was a wildly popular. But didn't they run out of it or stop having it for a while? They're always out of it when I go. Okay. But they're supposed to have it. They're supposed to have it. Yeah. But it seems so popular. Why would they keep running out of it? So wouldn't they order more of the thing that people are very excited about having and a primary reason they go to the Taco Bell? You'd think. But why does it have to be gelato? Why, why can't it be ice cream or even sherbet? I don't think it's got to be gelato. If you put gelato in front of me, I'm not even sure I would know what it was. You don't even know what it is. It's a, it's a fancy name for ice cream, Rob. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. My name is Casey. Rob is here. I'm sure you watched plenty of basketball over the weekend. Did you not? I absolutely did. Uh, So obviously Sunday, Sunday was sort of like basketball of Palooza because you had Purdue and then that ran into IU. And obviously both of those games for their respective fan bases were complete turkeys. Yeah. And then there was that all-star game, which was the biggest turkey of them all. You didn't like it. Well, we talked about this earlier in the show. I have, uh, I tend to look through the past in rose-colored glasses, Mm -hmm. and I do this with everything, and I freely admit that. But I distinctly remember as a kid when it was guys like Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas and Larry Bird Mm -hmm. and Michael Jordan was it game seven in the NBA finals? No, but they were actually trying in the all-star game. There was actually effort put forth. And I watched about seven minutes of that. I got, as we talked about with Hammer, I got roped into that because Hammer bet on it. So I said, hey, I'll bet on it with you. Yeah. And I was like, I am not, even though I've got money on this, I'm not subjecting myself to the rest of this because the lack of effort. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't expect it to be, hey, we're clotheslining guys like the Celtics and Lakers, a la Kurt Rambis. I don't expect that. But th- there, there was nothing. There was no effort whatsoever. They were just there for the show. They weren't there to actually play. Can you imagine if you're one of those people who paid, what were those tickets going for, like eight grand or something <laughs> like that, and that was the effort you got? And, I mean, the lineups, the opening, the the starting lineups were such a big deal, and I thought, okay, hey, Here maybe these, these guys are really going to work yeah. a little bit. All right, let's go. Yeah. And you got Luka Doncic chucking shots up from half court. Mm-hmm. You got guys running with the basketball and no traveling being called. Even the officials were half-assing it, Casey. There was no effort from anyone. <laughs> Sounds like uh, the Purdue Boilermakers as well. They did not do so well. Uh, losing to Ohio State, 73-69, to day after the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, picks the Boilermakers as the early favorite to go number one overall. Now, you've paid an exorbitant amount of money for your kid to go to Purdue. Mm-hmm. So are you super, because you did not go to Purdue. Your husband did not go to Purdue. Correct. But your kid goes currently goes to Purdue. Right. Are you- 12 weeks away from graduation. Yes, congratulations Thank to you. her. Yeah. Um, are you <laughs> super into Purdue- Athletics. Well, you know, I mean, Zach Eady's fun to watch. Yeah. He's in her, you know, he's in her class and everything. Oh, so. she has an actual class with Zach Eady, or well, like, 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 just the graduating class. Right. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of neat to, uh, you know, say, hey, that's I went to college with that guy. I freely, for her. I freely admit, 
I totally cheer against Purdue just out of spite. Well, at this you're point. an IU fan. Yeah, and I but I but I admit that it is not anything. It's just I guess jealousy would be the word. Yeah. Because IU stinks and they stunk again Sunday. Yeah. And it's just it's infuriating to watch IU play basketball. So the only joy I get now is knowing Purdue will likely make another early exit from the NCAA tournament. Can you believe that? Just like last year. Uh, it is It is amazing because, as you said, everybody's kind of saying, now, now, look, UConn looked super good on Saturday, and they're the number one team. Mm-hmm. But everybody was kind of saying, hey, Purdue's really got it together. They've only lost these two games. Right. But every time Purdue runs into effective guard play, they just shut down. That. Well, it looked like for a minute there, Zach Eady was going to be able to do something because he was reducing the de- deficit there with just what? A few what is seconds. he a congressman? He's that they're reducing the deficit. Well, the point deficit, but you know, I'm also an Ohio State fan. It's yeah. the Ohio That's State correct. University. Biden doesn't know that. No, he does not know that. Um, so I, I was okay with that win. But how interesting is that new interim coach or yeah, you know, and and big win? Didn't you? feel good for that guy like is that a thing like the players are like oh crap we better play really good or we're gonna get cut so the the for those of you who don't know what we're talking about ohio state had a very high profile coach holtman was his name Mm -hmm. he uh just signed this huge extension ohio state has been horrible this year they look like if you watch the games he looked disinterested they'd given up on him so they fire him i mean they're gonna owe him all this money but they fire him and the first game for this new it was an assistant coach just some guy who was you know working the bench you know in, in obscurity a week ago his first game right he beats purdue beats purdue so do you think purdue was thinking like oh we don't really have to put maximum effort in and we can kind of slack off during this game and that's what happened i think it's just hard to win on the road in the big 10 i just Winners, think it's un- unless you're playing iu it's very luck. hard to win on the road in the big 10 yeah okay uh i also wanted to mention i don't know if you heard this story this california library shutting down over drug use and public sex oh between the bookshelves that seems like uh a quiet place to do that, your that stuff seems, seems like kind of the wrong place I, I don't know you know i mean there's many places you could have the interpersonal relations and mm-hmm. that would be just fine a library well a library would not be one of the places where it would be just fine which is weird because it, like if you're if you decide you want to like many many people who have inter, interpersonal relations have no doubt met at a library i'm not disputing that what I am saying, though, is you would think if you're – maybe you have a home that you would say we could go to my house or right? your house, maybe a local hotel of some sort. I mean, there's a bunch of different places probably within even walking distance of your local public library right. where you could totally do that and not get in any trouble or disrupt anyone whatsoever. They could have gone there. You know, when you think of uh, bad behavior at a library, normally you think of talking you too sure, loud absolutely. or not returning, where was this at? not returning the book on time. Um, okay, it was in California. Yeah, of course, of it, course was. it was. Uh-huh. It was in the uh, San Francisco of area. Of course it was. Well, <laughs> I now know. I just, no, I, this is totally normal now, now. Now it's all making sense to you, isn't it, right? Um, it is interesting the mindset and i i don't know if you're like me do you often read these events and then you pause and you just say what led up to this thing the people decided yes the library that's the most interesting part of it to me because let's face it casey in our mind, they look like dime store novel characters, but in reality, they probably look like uh, George's mom from Seinfeld and Buddy Hackett. So, <laughs> uh, th- let's face it, you know, the, 
what's the way you picture it going down? That's a nice it visual. Isn't how it works in the movies, yeah. Casey. So I do wonder what led up to this event. It's I, you know, it doesn't say what led up to it. It just says that it was happening repeatedly. <laughs> so it was oh, like a hot ones. spot. Yes. This isn't just a one-time affair. They're saying multiple drug use, multiple intercourse yeah. interactions. So it's basically like Monument Circle. Pretty much, I it's guess. It's basically People treating in... their bodies like amusement parks <laughs> right there between the books. Uh-huh. So much so that the library officials, they had to shut it down. Well, with that, let's leave on a high note, All Casey. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for listening today. Tony Katz is up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.